When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. In all fireworks really should be a cautionary tale. They really, really should because they are loud and they are frightening. And for eight-year-old me, I would be the person wearing headphones all the time because they were terrible. I am not Chris Canty, nor Chris Carlin, nor is Courtney Cronin, who has all of the C's in her name as well. So she fits in maybe a little bit better here than I do. I'm Michael Rothstein. We're in for the guys today. Canty and Carlin, as always, presented by Progressive Insurance. And Courtney, while there will be fireworks outside probably today, tomorrow, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, because people just like to extend these things, the NBA is hoping that there maybe will be some fireworks as well. What do you think they should do? Let's just jump right in with Damian Lillard because that's the fireworks here, right? Yeah. Like, what should the Portland Trailblazers do when it comes to Damian Lillard? Well, what we know is that he has not been traded yet. This request of his that he put in on Saturday, or at least it was the news was broken on Saturday, is that he doesn't want to play there anymore and he's got one preferred destination. Now, It's tricky because there's a school of thought that Portland should do right by Damian Lillard. They had every chance to trade him over the last two years, and they didn't. So now you need to make sure that the person who's given everything to your franchise is sent to a place that will make him happy, make him thrive. But on the flip side of that, Portland holds all the leverage here. They are a team that tanked for a reason to get to this point, to get the number three overall pick. They've got to go about this in a business-savvy way, not an emotional way, where they put Damian Lillard in a good spot that's going to let him thrive at age 33 and beyond, but also getting the resources back that they want to be able to continue to build on the team that they currently have, where you have Shaden Sharp, you have Anthony Simons, and then this year's number three pick, Scoot Henderson. It's a tough situation. I don't know how much longer we're going to be waiting for this. This is going to be something that drags out for the rest of this week, rest of next week, ends up becoming a situation that gets more tenuous than it kind of already feels. But this is the biggest firework that we've seen in a, in a sea of fireworks, in a sky of fireworks that is NBA free agency. If it's not James Harden re- opting in and then requesting a trade, which could very well affect the Damian Lillard situation, Mike, it's everything else that we saw the Lakers do, that we saw the Milwaukee Bucks do, that we saw even the Golden State Warriors and the Suns do. Now you've got a point guard who's going to be on the move in the not-too-distant future who could very well drastically change the title odds for whichever team he ends up on. No, without question. And our woes, Jim Ramona Shelburne, of course, reporting to Miami Heat, the Clippers, the Sixers, are the three teams that will have maybe the biggest interest in exploring a Damian Lillard trade. Damian Lillard's preference, according to Anscape's Mark J. Spears, is to be traded to Miami. Lillard also, according to Ramona Shelburne, has a deep respect for the San Antonio Spurs and perhaps maybe even more their new shiny player, Victor Wembanyama, like that. <laughs> Lillard, if they put if they if the Spurs traded for Lillard, 
that would be fascinating to me because it would make the Spurs, I think, real good, real fast, and give Victor a good mentor. But, Courtney, when it comes to this, why should the Blazers acquiesce to to what Damian Lillard wants, which is reportedly the Miami Heat? I covered Matthew Stafford when he asked for out with the Lions. And the Lions are really big on kind of doing right by him, and it's a very similar situation because the Blazers were never great with Lillard. They were good at times. Do do the Blazers owe him that? I, I, I don't think they do. I think they should get what they want the most, but do you think they owe him that? They don't owe him that, but they owe him by trying to make it happen, whether it's you know with Miami or another team, but really focusing in on Miami because you can make it happen in a three-team trade. It's just going to take another partner, potentially the Los Angeles Clippers. Maybe it's the Brooklyn Nets. It's going to take somebody else coming into the chat to make this thing uh, happen the way it needs to because on paper, Damian Lillard, they said that they want a star deal. That is according to Woj. Damian Lillard is somebody coming off of a season where he averaged just under 33 points. That was the best, you know, on his, he's the best player that they've had in Portland in the franchise's history. You want to take this great NBA franchise in a great NBA city and be able to build on the contributions that you got from Damian Lillard over the last 11 seasons. And by opening this thing up, by getting a third team involved, then they can really get the sort of haul that they're looking for. Because what Portland wants are picks and young players. If it's a two-team trade that involves the Miami Heat and the Portland Trailblazers, you can't just say on paper, oh, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, Nikola Jovic, two first-round picks, maybe a pick swap. That's not going to do it. That's not a star's haul. Damian Lillard doesn't have a no-trade clause in his contract. His deal is going to be far more expensive than what we saw from Bradley Beal. And the Trailblazers owe it to at least explore every option, exhaust all avenues here to try to make that happen, but also realize... They are the ones with the leverage, Mike. They're the ones at the end of the day who get to say yes or no to keeping Damian Lillard, to trading him, to trading him to the Heat, to trading him to the 76ers, so on and so forth. It's business at the end of the day, and I personally think this is what happens when you delay the inevitable. They gave him the contract (laughs) extension last year that ended up hurting his trade value. He's going to be 33 years old this season. If they really wanted to hit reboot, they could have done it far sooner than now, and at this point, they're going to have to get whatever they can get, which is going to be a lot, but I don't think it's going to be the Paul George-level haul that the Oklahoma City Thunder got to send him to the Los Angeles Clippers, which was five first-round draft picks and then a player involved as well. It's not going to be what the Utah Jazz were able to get last year when sending Rudy Gobert to the Minnesota Timberwolves. It might be four to five picks. It might be the goal on the mind, but you're also going to be looking for some expired contracts and a chance to build your roster in a different direction than they've seen in the last couple of years. Well, a couple of things. First of all, Clyde Drexler just heard you somewhere on the radio <laughs> somewhere, and even if he didn't, he's deeply offended that you think that he is not as good as Dame Lillard because Clyde Drexler's may be the best player, and I think the best player in the Blazers' history. Clyde Drexler was fantastic. He often gets overshadowed just because he played in the same era as a guy you know well Michael Jordan. If Michael Jordan did not exist, Clyde Drexler would have been, oh man, he would have been so, so good. And he already was so, so good. But like, I mean, he was a top 50 player in NBA history. So Clyde Drexler deserves all the credit there. But to your point, the to me, 
Damian Lillard had a choice here last year. He did not have to sign the contract extension. Like, people always forget that when players ask for trades, and, oh, they should send them where they want to go. If you recently signed a contract extension, you could have not signed that and then made, uh, made your own way, gone wherever you could have. Sure, you might have lost a little bit of money here and there because of the way the NBA contract rules work, but he made that choice. So I think the Blazers have no obligation whatsoever to trade him to the place that he might want to go if it doesn't fit or come close to the best offer that they can get. We're going to go out to the phones now because the Oregonian sports columnist Bill Oram joins us here on Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio alongside Courtney Cronin. I'm Michael Rossi. Bill, how are you, my man? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. I was very excited when I heard that we'd have you because I haven't seen you in, uh, what, at least about a year now uh, since we were at a wedding in the middle of nowhere in California. But we're not talking about weddings today. We're talking about Dame, <laughs> we're talking about Dame Lillard, who is trying to get a divorce, apparently, from the Portland Trailblazers. What is your sense of where this might all shake out? My sense is that that was an amazing segue. Um, but uh, as it relates to Damian Lillard, you know, I think the Blazers are going to be very content to take their time on this. You know, they don't need to rush into making a deal. You know, they've got all of July and August really um, to try to, you know, take advantage of this rare moment. They've had some leverage in this situation. Um, You know, does it have to be Miami? It does not, of course. And the Blazers are absolutely trying to encourage bidding from from other teams that that might have some interest in Damian Lillard like we know there's no there's no no trade clause that would you know prevent them from trading him elsewhere but you know there is this sense that other teams maybe don't want to trade for a disgruntled Damian Lillard if he doesn't want to go to your you know your city and i i feel like the blazers are are going to hold out here and they are not in a rush they are willing to see what kind of shakes free and you know that doesn't mean they don't care about what's best for Damian Lillard. This has been a really productive relationship over 11 years. They, I think would, would be comfortable sending him to Miami if they could, if that could also somehow mean the best package, but that's going to mean a three team deal. And that's kind of incumbent on Miami to go make that happen. So uh, in the meantime, the Blazers are going to sit and, and kind of let it play out. I think. Bill, how did we get here? Because one week ago today, Joe Cronin has the meeting with Dame and his agent. He puts out the statement that they are still committed to building around Damian Lillard, and we go through the whole week. They do the Jeremy Grant deal on Friday, and then Saturday morning, Dame says, no thanks, I'm out. Like, How did it get to this point, and why didn't we hear about this earlier in the week? Did something change uh, on Dame's end towards the end of the week for him to put this request out there? You know, I don't. I don't think that's clear, Courtney, and that's something I've been. I've been trying to figure out as well. You know, what changed between Monday and Saturday, really? And I think the answer is that this was kind of the inevitable result. Damian Lillard knew that this is where it was going. Um, I think he wanted to extend, you know, the Blazers as much time to make something happen as possible. But the reality of the Blazers pulling off some unforeseen deal in the first 16 hours of free agency probably just wasn't very likely, right? Um, you know, we know Damian liked the idea of playing with Draymond Green. That was probably a fantasy. Draymond wasn't ever leaving Golden State. And so Draymond comes off the, you know, the theoretical board in the first few seconds of free agency. You know, that's one guy, Dame, that could have maybe kept Dame in Portland. Um, never was realistic. So, you know, I think, you know, Lillard wanted to at least give the appearance that he was giving the Blazers a chance into the start of free agency to get something done. 
Obviously, re-signing Jeremy Grant wasn't going to be enough. Obviously, they weren't able to pull off anything beyond that. And so sort of this inevitable conclusion sort of played itself out. But, you know, in terms of how we got here, you know, you could really dial this back a lot of years. But more urgently, you know, the Blazers really said that they wanted to build around Dame and they wanted to, you know, go get you know, star-level pieces to make them a contender. And whether, you know, I mean, you can certainly – form your own opinion of over why that didn't happen, whether the front office wasn't up to the task, if the deals just didn't emerge, or if they never didn't really even want to go down that path that badly. Um, but to me, the biggest thing was when they tanked their way into the number three pick. Um, you know, I thought it was really interesting that when they, you know, finished the season and they had like a 40 some percent chance of getting into the top three and all the messaging was, Hey, we're going to build for Dame. We're going to build for Dame. We're going to build for Dame. And I remember having conversations with people even then saying, if you get a top three pick in this draft, it's going to be really hard to trade it. And, you know, that ends up, you know, kind of holding true where there wasn't a trade that made sense for the number three pick that we know of. And so the Blazers, you know, essentially had to choose between Scoot Henderson and Damian Lillard. And there isn't an executive in the NBA who wouldn't make the choice that the Blazers made to, you know, to, to you know, in, in their position, right, to, you know, take the longer runway, build with the player who's on a rookie scale contract as opposed to a guy – who, you know, as great as he is, is about to be 33 years old and with a contract that's only going up for the next four years. So um, really difficult decision, but to me was sort of the inevitable path that this team had been on really since they started selling off assets uh, at the last trade deadline when they traded C.J. McCollum, when they traded Norman Powell and Robert Covington. It was a kind of a full-scale reset around Lillard. And to me, they really didn't have the time to pull that off. And that's kind of where that's kind of what has come to bear. We're talking to Bill Orm, the Oregonian, Oregonian sports columnist here on Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio alongside Courtney Cronin on Michael Rothstein. And Bill, you, you hit on a lot there, but there's one thing that's really bothered me. And maybe it's just because I come at it from an NFL mindset a little bit. Lillard signed a contract extension, granted only a two-year contract extension, but he signed a contract extension last year. The, the writing was a little bit on the wall that this could happen then. If you wanted to leave or thought that that was a possibility, why sign it? Because it's going to pay him $60 million when he's 37 years old. I mean, it's, it's just, it's, you know, there is a, there is a business side to this and a, 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 you know, a selfish side to this, I guess selfish isn't the right word, but a self-serving side of this, you know, Damian Lillard stayed in Portland essentially until he secured the Supermax extension and then he got the extension and then looked around and said, Oh, I don't really like this anymore, but you've got the guaranteed money locked up. Um, you know, if he had, if he had asked out any other time, or if the Blazers had traded him before committing to that extension, he wouldn't have you know secured the bag, so to speak. So, um, not to say that there was anything insincere about you know Damian's commitment to Portland, but he certainly maximized his time here, both fi- on the court and financially, and and then jetted. And so, I mean, you you know would say you know the, the smart if if you knew that this was exactly how it was going to play out, which of course you wouldn't. You know, the Blazers should have traded Lillard in the summer of 2021 after they lost to Denver in the first round before, you know, he became extension eligible before, um, you know, you started tearing down other pieces around him and, you know, recouped probably an even larger, um, you know, package in return. But the Blazers felt a real sense of loyalty to him and, you know, they wanted to basically give him everything, including the Supermax extension and, you know, including the, you know, really at least presenting the idea of doing whatever it took to uh, go get players around him, although that just is not what ended up happening. 
All right, Bill, so explain this one to me. The Jeremy Grant contract, even if Dame was going to stay there and they really were going to build around him, that move didn't make a ton of sense. Why did they do it? It's a good question. I mean, there's a lot of people around the NBA who are pretty lukewarm on Jeremy Grant as a as a player, you know, at least relative to the, the kind of contracts he's commanded. Um, he is, you know, he's obviously a skilled player, one of the best 3 and D players in, in the game, but you know, we saw kind of what it looked like with him as a, an offensive centerpiece in Detroit. Um, and, you know, he's he's certainly a flawed player. But for five years and $160 million, um, you know, he's going to be the Blazers. You know, he's probably going to be the, the centerpiece of the Blazers next year. You know, he's going to be the one adult in the room, at least that we know of at this point. Um, certainly the highest paid player. Um, you know, I think that some of the logic is, you know, even if you're losing Dame, you need somebody to sort of absorb some of that, that, that cap space, somebody who can, you know, you can put the ball in his hands and you can sort of trust him, at least on a bad team. And, and you, with the salary cap going up, maybe $32 million doesn't look that bad in two or three years and you're able to trade it. But, I mean, right now it is a negative asset, that contract, because there's nobody in the NBA who would say, oh, give me Jeremy Grant for five years and $32 million, except for, except for Joe Cronin and the Blazers. Um, but <laughs> Jeremy Grant was somebody that – Joe, Jeremy Grant was somebody that Joe Cronin and, and Damian Lillard both really wanted to get in here for a couple of years. You know, for a first round pick last year, it was a it was a it was a good deal to swing. And as we know, it's hard to get talent to Portland, and so you at least don't lose the asset for nothing. Um, you you know you you're able to at least kind of hang on to him and then work with it work with him over the next few years. But I don't think it's a good contract either, Courtney. I don't think it makes a ton of sense. I think there's savvier ways to operate. Um, you know, in terms of, you know, creating cap space and then using that cap space to absorb other teams' bad contracts and get paid, you know, with, with draft compensation to do so. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Jeremy Grant thing plays out long-term because um, he's not a first option, I think, as we, as we learned in Detroit. Um, but he, he, he's going to be a, probably a, a reasonable placeholder for a couple of years while Scoot Henderson and Shaden Sharp get up to speed. And I think the bet the Blazers are making is that by the summer of, say, 2025, um, the salary cap has gone up enough that you can trade that, 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 that contract and it won't be too hard to do so. But, like, right now, if they wanted to trade it, they would have to atta- attach dra- other incentives. And that, so I'm curious kind of what the bell curve of that contract is. When do other teams start giving you stuff for that contract? Or is it just at the very end when it's an expiring deal? In which case, you know, they, they're going to be ruining that contract in a few years. Bill, we're going to be following you all week. Hopefully, not for, hopefully for your sake, not into next week as the Damian Lillard saga continues to spin and spin and spin. Thanks so much for some time today. Thanks, guys. Good talking to you. That was Bill Orham, the Oregonian sports columnist. He joined us here on Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM, Channel 80. By the way, if you like tennis a lot, you really should flip on Wimbledon right now. Sophia Kennan, Coco Goff in a epic match. It's in the third set right now. Sophia Kennan up 3-1 in the third. Coming up next, how much better did the Los Angeles Lakers get over the last week? If you're LeBron, are you happy? We're going to get into that and more. This is Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive 
eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. We want to try our hardest to keep this core of guys together. Look what they did. Gabe Vincent, Austin Reeves, Rui Hachimura, Torian Prince. Also improve around the edges and on the margins to not only get back to where we were last year, but hopefully take the next step. They could not have drawn up a free agency that broke better for them. I thought they'd been terrific. I would give them an A. And We're going to try our best to stay in that pack or at the head of that pack. I mean, you know it's summer if we're talking about NBA free agency. There's no doubt about that because it is the slow time in a lot of other sports. But for the NBA's hot stove, we'll call it that, even though that's a baseball thing, it is just heating up. We've got Damian Lillard conversation, got James Harden conversation, and, of course, what is going on with the Los Angeles Lakers. This is Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN App Series XM Channel 80. I'm neither Candy nor Carlin. She is Courtney Cronin. I'm Michael Rothstein. We're in for the guys here on a wonderful July 3rd as Wimbledon's getting started. And when, Courtney, we look at the Lakers, they added a lot, but they added names that, unless you, I think, really follow the NBA, a lot of people might not know about. So you follow the NBA a lot. How much better did the Lakers get? 
They did something different this year, which I think is a weird thing for people to digest, that they're not going out to sacrifice their supporting cast and chase after Kyrie Irving or chase after Fred Van Vliet like they did in 2021 when they made the ill-advised trade for Russell Westbrook, who was never a fit in their offense at the point guard position, and they ended up having to punt on that at the deadline. Rob Palenka... It might have been met with some criticism, and that's fair. But he said that they were going to prioritize continuity and getting younger in certain spots to more or less go all in one more time. Because this is, as we all have you know figured out, this is probably the last season for LeBron James. He wants to play with his son, Bronny James, who very well may be done after one year at USC. They don't have their own first-round pick next year. The destinations for him are you know a story for another day, but... They needed to take the core that they had and give it longer than half a season and you know a couple playoff series chance to see if it actually works. So what did they do? They went out and they retained their two most promising performers in the postseason, Rui Hachimura and Austin Reeves. And what they did with Austin Reeves, like I was surprised there wasn't some team that was willing to give him a very lucrative deal that the Lakers, because he was a restricted free agent, would have to match. They got him on a steal. They go out and then they add two sharpshooters who have above-average defense to their backcourt. So Torrey and Prince, Gabe Vincent, that's a rotation that needed role players. And the low-risk moves that they took, uh, Cam Reddish and Jackson Hayes. So, of course, when you're thinking Jackson Hayes, you're thinking if Anthony Davis ends up missing some time, maybe that's some center depth that you have. But... I really can't poke holes in anything that they've done because they've checked every box they said they were going to, including the decision to retain D'Angelo Russell. Now, I've been pretty harsh on D'Angelo Russell. I think that he's good in the regular season, but he has fallen short when it's come to the playoffs. But his role on a contending team remains to be seen. This is a contract that you can move at the trade deadline the way that they were so active last year if it doesn't work out. But if you give this group time with Darvin Ham during the offseason, one full year to really get together after going from the 11 seed to the 7 seed, and what were they, like 16-8, and 19-8 and eight after the deadline, one of the best records in the NBA? They showed you a glimpse of what this team can be when it's constructed this way. Now we have a whole year, or potentially at least up until the deadline, to see it without them having to overspend and make any big splash moves that don't have any sort of guarantee to work out. Yeah, I get that, Courtney, except there's one little part of that. AD's a year older. LeBron's a year older. Neither one of those guys has been able to be healthy. You're banking a heck of a lot on being able to have those guys either load manage their way through a season to get to the playoffs healthy or to just stay healthy, period. And I'm not sold on that. That's one of the issues that I have with what the Lakers did is very simply, I don't think they added that third player. And you can argue maybe, maybe, maybe it's Austin Reeves, but give it to me for more than half of a season here. Maybe you can argue that he can be a guy that can really help out if one of those guys goes down, but I'm just not sold there. Another guy who's not sold, ESPN's NBA writer, Tim Bontemps, who's on Greeny, and here's what he had to say about the Lakers' free agency moves. Did this weekend really get them any closer to being the best team in the West? I don't think so. I mean, I don't think they did anything crazy bad either. But, you know, like the Austin Reeves contract was good. You know, getting him on a four-year deal I think is a great move for them. 
But I just don't know if they really increased their championship equity this weekend. And to me, coming into the offseason, that would have been my number one goal. And I think as we saw with how big a gap there was between them and Denver in the conference finals, I just don't know if they did that the way this all shook out. Now, listen, I'm, I'm with Tim Bontemps there kind of wholeheartedly a little bit because when you're talking about, Courtney, when you're talking about the Western Conference too, you know, Phoenix had to figure it out a little bit. And obviously Phoenix has made some big moves here. Like, I, I don't know if the Lakers are going to be able to compete with Phoenix. Like, right now you look at it and maybe they're the third best team, maybe the fourth best team in the West as currently constructed. I don't know if that's going to get them there, Courtney. It doesn't make them the favorite. No one said that the moves that they made immediately put them in the driver's seat, surpassing Denver, even though Denver was quiet at the trade deadline and they or quiet during free agency and they ended up losing Bruce Brown in in free agency, they're still the team to beat. Now, to your point about the Suns, they've been active going back to the Bradley Beal trade, and then they add depth in very needed places, and they signed about six players in 90 minutes at the start of free agency. I would put them ahead of the Lakers, but I think the Lakers have extended their window to contend and look more like a champion, more more like a contender right now than the Golden State Warriors do. A lot of questions about how the fit's going to be with Chris Paul and whether that roster has really upgraded enough around its big three. What the Lakers have shown you is that they're not two-dimensional with LeBron and Anthony Davis. They have seen contributions from Hachimura and Austin Reeves that lead them to believe another year running more of the offense through Austin Reeves this year to set up for LeBron James will take some of that burden off of him. And you made the point about, like, are they just going to load manage their way to the postseason? Yeah. They probably will, (laughs) and I think that you have a young core right now that can take some of that burden off of LeBron James, where he's not having to, and we know that he played a certain amount up until that game uh, middle of February in 2000, you know, a couple months ago when he ended up winning the scoring title against the Oklahoma City Thunder and then started to back away from it. You're going to be seeing a LeBron trying to preserve himself in more moments next year, and Anthony Davis trying to stay healthy so they can get to the postseason and then make their push. The Heat have shown us the example of how to handle the regular season in order to stay fresh for the postseason. Yes, I know Jimmy got hurt, but that's neither here nor there. They were an 8 seed that got to the NBA Finals. If the Los Angeles Lakers can follow suit, they at least have the right type of pieces where it's not in a top-heavy team like it has been in five of the last six seasons that LeBron has dealt with an offseason. In Los Angeles, now they're in a spot that it looks different, but different isn't necessarily a bad thing if you're the Los Angeles Lakers trying it this way around for what is very likely the last go-around with LeBron. Well, but that's the thing, right, Courtney, is that if it is the last go-around, don't you have to go all-in? And this does not feel all-in to try and win one more with LeBron. This feels like... Eh, all right, fine, but you're just not going to be that team, I think, at the end of the day in the Western Conference that's going to be the team that's playing in the finals. And that's if you're LeBron, that's what you're aiming for this year in your last, potentially, last season in Los Angeles. Big upset in Wimbledon. Sophia Kennan has knocked off Coco Goff, the seventh seed. Is She is out at the first day at the All England Lawn and Tennis Club. Coming up next, people might end up talking about that on Twitter. The spot where, I mean, is Elon Musk ruining this? That's next, Kenny and Carlin, ESPN Radio.
This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. It is so, so hot if you live in Atlanta, Georgia, which I do. It's hot in New York. It's hot everywhere right now because it is summer, as the song will say. Summer, summer, summer time. This is Kenny and Carla on ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM, Channel 80, alongside Courtney Cronin. I'm Michael Rothstein, filling in for the guys today. Kenny and Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive Insurance offers 24-7 production when you bundle home, auto, and motorcycle. Learn more at Progressive.com. If you want to join our conversation, give us a call on the CC. That's not Courtney Cronin. That's Kenny and Carlin. Call in line at one 888 espn 888-729-3776. What song makes you think of summer for me it is uh summer girls by lfo as courtney cronin just shakes her head it's a good one no i I think it's i think it's a great song i remember that back in my heyday in the early 2000s when that came out we were talking about this before for the young people listening if you wanted one song you only you know some people might say that lfo was a one-hit wonder i think they had like a couple songs a couple hit wonder you had to buy the entire album. So for my birthday, let's say in like 2001, 2002, whenever that album came out, I asked for the album because I really liked the song Summer Girls. And I had to sit through 
nine or ten other songs that I never gave a damn about, but that's how it used to be. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I I had the Vanilla Ice MC Hammer Greatest Hits CD. They they had so few hits combined that they had to be on the <laughs> on same, same CD. One. Oh, yeah. And it honestly, it was, it, was, uh, it was bangers all throughout. Mostly MC Hammer, Vanilla Ice. They actually had to have Ice Ice Baby, I think, on there twice, a remixed version of it because, you know, there just wasn't much there for Vanilla Ice. But... You know, that, that's something that, Courtney, I think you and I would talk about. Maybe go back and forth on, uh, I don't know, a little bit on, on the Twitter machine. Of which, the Twitter machine is having some issues these days. There's rate limits, there's anger, there's problems, there's Elon Musk. There's no, Nothing good happens on Twitter. Like, you remember that saying, Courtney, and I think it still exists, nothing good ha- happens after midnight. I feel like the saying on Twitter is nothing really good ever happens on Twitter, at least lately. I mean, I don't even want to be on there anymore. Like, I'm, I'm kind of over it. I'm done. So all of these Twitter lim- the rate usage limit and the data scrubbing, it's all foreign to me. All I know is that when the Damian Lillard trade news broke on Saturday, I was in the middle of hosting Dari and Mel, and on my computer, I'm looking for tweets from Woj, I'm looking for tweets from Ramona Shelburne, all the latest on Damian Lillard putting in his trade request. And it looked like... What would happen if Twitter was down? You know, it says like something along the lines of, you know, try again in a minute. So I kept trying and I kept trying and it wasn't working. So I thought, is my internet out? How could it be out? I'm connected to my Comrex doing radio right now. It's working. So I look at my phone. It worked on my phone. It didn't work on my desktop. And then I find out because it happened the next day to my co-host Peter Burns on The Best Week Ever on Sunday mornings on ESPN Radio, 7 to 10 a.m. Eastern, shameless plug. Um, he had the data u- data usage limit, like, issue. What is it? Like, he surpassed it. And I think that he, it, for this to happen right now during NBA free agency is one thing. For this to happen during the NFL season, when we are going to be locked on our phones, looking for scoring updates, people you know, care about their fantasy teams, not everybody has red zone, that is going to be an all-out disaster if we don't have this new invention, this new idea from Elon Musk. If it's not backtracked by then, Twitter may cease, sports Twitter in the very least, may cease to exist at that point. Well, I just hope he brings back the fail well. Like that's all one? I want. The fail whale. Do you remember the fail whale back in the day? That's the one where his like arm broke and he's like, oops, technical yeah. issue. Yeah, no, it was the whale. It was yeah, it was just a big giant failure of a whale. Like it, it just didn't really work at all. Like I, I miss the fail whale. I really do. I, that was the best part of Twitter was when it failed in terms of the fail whale. At least for me, there are other apps out there. There is Mastodon. There is Blue Sky. You can follow me actually on either one at Mike Rothstein. There's my shameless plug because I, you know, I'm just on social media way too often. But Blue Sky is, I think, up, like they've added like 15% users. like, And it's very similar if so you're not on it to what Twitter. What is it? Is it the same interface as Twitter? Very, very f- similar interface to Twitter. Like you open it up and it looks Twitter, looks like Twitter in, in so many ways. Uh, and yeah, it, it's it doesn't have DMs. It is much more kind of user-friendly. It's a much friendlier place right now, but it's still pretty new. I think as of like three weeks ago, they only had like 100,000 or so people on it because they've been very careful in their beta to to kind of go invite-only. I have no idea why they put me on there. I'm not nearly <laughs> a big enough deal. I, I haven't been able to figure it out at all. 
That's interesting. It's kind of like the people who get the invite to Raya, the dating app, the celebrities. I'm so basically, on there too. Man, you are just a, you are just batting a thousand on all of these, getting on all the exclusive lists in the social media world. Yeah, and, and neither one has really worked for me well. I have like 200 followers on Blue Sky, and I'm still single. So that's how Raya worked. So the 76ers better with or without James Harden is Joel Embiid's window to win a title with the Sixers over. That's next. Kenny and Carl on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.